This is Pastor Ryan Clark from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. You are listening to the audio of the current sermon series, Thy Kingdom Come. Thanks for joining us. We are starting a brand new sermon series that Pastor Ryan and I are very excited about. It's entitled, Thy Kingdom Come, Learning to Live Under Christ Our King. Now, the passages that we're going to be using as we make our way through this sermon series are all from the book of Matthew. And so we're going to be walking through the book of Matthew because one of the common themes in Matthew is Christ as the King and all that that entails. And so as we begin our sermon series, we begin with some of those opening chapters and we've come in contact with kind of that strange guy, John the Baptist. He had a strange diet. He had strange clothes, but he came with a particular message as the precursor, the forerunner to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in Matthew 3, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and here was his message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then interestingly, in the very next chapter, when now Jesus comes on the scene, look at what it says. From that time on, Jesus began to preach once again, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that both John the Baptist and Jesus himself came with the exact same message at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now, what does it mean? Why was this message so important? Well, the first part of it that we're going to look at here today is that phrase, the kingdom of heaven has come near. What did both John and Jesus mean? When they said that. Well, here's our answer today. The kingdom of heaven was coming near because the king of heaven was coming near. There can't be a kingdom without a king. And the king of heaven, who we know now is the king over all heaven and earth, over the universe, was coming near 2,000 years ago. Think about that. Why is heaven so amazing? Well, count the ways, right? New bodies, living forever, a great reunion with all of those we love, but you know what is the finest prize of all? We get to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. We get to see our Savior face to face and enjoy him forever. That is the finest prize of heaven. And that king was coming down to earth. Wow. In Revelation chapter 19, 
And at the very end of Revelation, it talks about that king coming again. And I think a lot of us believe he's coming again super soon, very, very quickly. And it says that when he comes in Revelation 19, it says, and on his, on his thigh and on his robe was a name written, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the King. He's the King over every King. He's the Lord over every Lord. That's who Jesus Christ is. Now here's our question for the day. Who is your king? Now that may seem like an obvious answer, right? You say, well, Jesus is. But is he? Is he your king? I would dare say that over the last few hundred years, over here in the West, especially in the United States of America, this idea of King Jesus probably makes less sense to you and me than it has to the vast majority of people that have ever lived on this planet. Why? Because the vast majority of people have lived under kings and queens and monarchs. And we haven't. We live in a representative democracy where we actually get to pick who is our president. And if we don't like what our president is doing, we can pick somebody else. For the vast amount of time in our world's history, people were not able to do that. The king made the rules, you obeyed the rules, or there were dire consequences for disobeying those rules. The king was heralded as the king. Who's your king? Our very important point of the day of the day is this. We have a natural propensity toward making ourself king. Now, what does that look like? Well, I found a kind of a funny story this week that I'd like to share with you. After moving to the country, a single mother and her three-year-old daughter were often alone in their house. And because they lived out in the country in a rural setting with no close neighbors, the mother wanted to make sure that her daughter would be able to call 911 in the event that something happened to her. And so she spent days instructing her daughter. And finally, she thought, I'm going to test her to make sure that this is all getting through. And so one day she said to her daughter, okay, honey, what would you do if you found me on the floor and you couldn't wake me up? The mother could see her little daughter's brain working. And to her chagrin, her daughter finally said, well, I would go into the kitchen and I would eat anything I want to. Right? I would eat anything that I want to. And you know what? We never really grow up from that heart. I want to do whatever I want to. And when we think along those lines, we are making ourselves king. 
We are sitting on his throne. We are saying, I want to make the rules. I want to call the shots. This is what it means to be a sinner. And all of us have that rebel inside of us. Every time that you know what God would have you to do and you choose something else, you're saying, Jesus, get off the throne. I want to be the king. And we've all done it, haven't we? What's the only appropriate response to doing that to our great and glorious king? Well, that's what John the Baptist and Jesus came. Repent. Turn around from that. The word repent in both the Hebrew and the Greek has really strong meaning. In the Old Testament, the word in, in Hebrew is the word shuv or teshuva. And what it literally means is if you're going the wrong direction, turn around and go back. If you're heading on your way to the throne to, seat, to sit yourself upon it, turn around and go away. Let Jesus sit on his throne. That's what it means to repent in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's got a little different meaning. It's the word metanoia, and the word metanoia literally means change the way that you think. Change the way that you think about Jesus. Change the way that you think about you. Don't get those two positions confused. So what does it look like to change our thinking? Well, number one, change your thinking to believe this. You were made for God, for him to be your king, and for him to call the shots for you. We see this all over in the Bible, but we see it in Colossians chapter 1. It says, for in Jesus all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him. And here's the key words for today. And for him. You and I were created for Jesus, for him to be the king over our lives and to call the shots for us in our lives. But number two, you and I have chosen to be our own kings and to call our own shots in things like how we spend our time, what things we do and don't do, how we treat people, what our priorities are going to be, what we call right and wrong, etc., etc. And when we do this, this is wholly inappropriate because we've got a king. And we are not him. In Luke chapter 3, we see John the Baptist and all of the countryside is coming out to him to be baptized into a baptism of repentance. And all of these different groups are asking John questions. What should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. 
and anyone who has food should do the same. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. You know, as you look at what John the Baptist is saying up here, you realize that every time that we decide to put ourselves on the throne instead of Jesus Christ, the only one that deserves to sit on that throne, it's always because we want it to benefit us. Isn't that interesting? Any time that I say, Jesus, get off the throne, I want the throne, I want to call the shots, because of my sin, it's because I want something. But in the kingdom of God, where God calls the shots, he provides everything that we need and then calls us to be open-handed and share with others. A very different way of living in the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said in John 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Because we are so steeped in sin since the day of our birth, since we are always thinking about the guy or the gal in the mirror, since we are always so quick to jump up on that throne and do what we want to do instead of listening to what God wants us to do, the only way that we could ever be transferred over to doing what God would have us to do and to allow Jesus to sit upon his throne is we have to have a complete restart in our life. Nobody can see the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. And that leads us to number three. We need forgiveness. We need that restart. We need that new beginning in our life, don't we? And the great news, best news in the history of our universe is this. Jesus came to give us that forgiveness and give us that fresh start that you and I need to get off that throne and to allow him to be the king over our lives, not only while we're here, but for the rest of eternity in heaven as well. How did he do that? Well, one of my favorite passages in the Bible was from Philippians chapter 2. It says, Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, we could say, who was the king over all kings, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I know that you and I have heard this a million times over in church. But take a moment just to grasp that. 
the king of kings who was living in the palace of all palaces in heaven, surrounded by glory and everything that anyone could ever want, exchanged all of that to become a servant down here on this earth. As Kelly said, he exchanged that golden throne, that golden crown for a crown of thorns. And he went to the cross for you and for me so that all of our sins would no longer separate us from God the Father ever again. What kind of king would ever do that? How many kings would ever do something of that magnitude? As I was thinking about that this week, I thought about a song that came out a few years ago, and I asked Aaron if we could do that here this morning. Follow the star to a place unexpected. Would you believe after all we've projected a child in a major? Holy and small, the weakest of all, unlikeliest hero. Wrapped in his mother's shawl, just the child. Is this who we've waited for? Cause how many kings step down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? And how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Bringing out gifts for the newborn Savior, all that we have, whether costly or meek, because we believe. Gold for his honor and frankincense for his pleasure and myrrh. For the cross he'll suffer, do you believe? Is this who we waited for? How many kings stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? And how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? 
Only one did that for me. All for me. All for you. How many kings stepped down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least? How many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me. All for me. All for you. How many kings would do that? Only one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And because he did all of that, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, is King to the glory of God the Father. He's the only one because of what he did who is worthy of sitting on that throne and wearing that crown. And you and I get the opportunity every day to worship him because of what he did for us. Jesus came to give you forgiveness and a fresh start. And Jesus gave you his Holy Spirit to guide you now as you daily give your life to him as your true king. You have a fresh new start. All of your sins have been washed away. They're not being held against you. And then on top of that, Jesus then gives you his Holy Spirit to help you to follow him each day and make him your king. And that's what John the Baptist said in Matthew 3. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus is the king. We are called to follow him. We didn't do it. And so Jesus became a servant so that all of our sins could be washed away. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit who enables us to let him be the king, to let him sit on that throne in our lives and to trust him that everything that he calls us to do is for our own good. This is what it means when we say those words, thy kingdom come. It's learning to live under 
Jesus Christ, our King. I thought it would be appropriate now, having heard this message, as we end this message here today, just to have one more time of repentance and going before the Lord. And this is just between you and the Lord. It's not between you and the person that's sitting next to you. You know what's going on in your life. I know what's going on in my life. There are times I jump up on that throne. And God gives us the opportunity through Jesus to get a fresh new start. Let's go before him today and pray this prayer of repentance. Heavenly Father, I come to you admitting that I have been living largely for myself. I have made myself king when Jesus alone is worthy of being my king. I ask for your forgiveness. I thank you for the fresh start won for me by Jesus. I give the rest of my life to you, beginning with today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that my life might give glory to you in response to all that you've done for me. In the name of Jesus, your Son and my King. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. If you would like more information about St. John's and any of our ministries to our community and beyond, you can go to our website, www.stjohnsbuffalo.org. Thank you and God bless you. Stay tuned to hear this week's announcements. And you can always find out more about any event on our website, stjohnsbuffalo.org. We're very excited about this morning. There's a lot going on as everything gets kicked off. We have a brand new sermon series that is beginning here today. Also, all of our Sunday school and adult Bible classes begin at the 9.15 hour today. And so, of course, we invite everyone, young and old, to get involved with those. This year, for our adult Bible classes, we have three options. I'm going to be doing the Gospel of Matthew downstairs. We're going to be walking through the Gospel of Matthew. Pastor Ryan has a class called All's All In for Men. And then Stacy Rutten is leading a mom's group entitled, it's in the, it's entitled Breathing Room. You can learn more about those on the back page of our, of our bulletins. We also invite you after the 1030 service today, about 1130 to one, we're going to be celebrating the kickoff of everything with Family Fun Fest out in the East parking lot. And we'd love to have you come and join us for a free lunch and for and a bunch of games for the kids and and just an all-around great time of fellowship. We'd love to have you come and join us for that. This week, a bunch of our life groups and our life season groups are getting restarted again. And so you can go to our website, St. John's Buffalo, and see all the different groups that are getting started. We encourage you to get involved in one of those life groups. For those of you that may not have heard yet, the Lord saw fit in his wisdom to take our brother in Christ to Alan Glessing, home to himself, early Friday morning. The funeral for Alan will be here at St. John's Tuesday at 11 a.m. 
We invite you, of course, to come and support Sharon and Nicole and the family on that day. Finally, we have a special announcement by Lip. I want to thank you, St. John's, for your generous donations to Wrapped in Love, both financially and with items of clothing to help foster families. Over the last month, we've received an abundance of clothing items. And uh, so at this time, we don't need clothing donations except for new undergarments. Wrapped in Love is possible because of volunteers, people who generously donate their time. We need volunteers to help sort the clothing that we've received. If you have an hour or two or all day this Monday or Tuesday, the 11th and 12th, from 9 to 3 p.m., please come and help us sort some clothes. See me if you have any questions. Thank you.